living water for a thirsty soul. Thirsty, um, living water for a thirsty soul. You can get it the wrong way around. Um, what I wanted to do today, I like to sort of um, hit lots of different senses when I'm preaching. So we could have gone for a babbling brook. We could have gone for um, like moisture in the air, but I thought all of those probably had a few too many detrimental effects. So what I'd like to do is to give everybody here a bottle of water. So if you'd like a bottle of water, they're currently being handed out. It will help you understand the sermon. And if it doesn't, then you'll at least have been hydrated before you leave. At home, if you're watching this on the broadcast, I recommend that you pause it, go grab a cup of water, and then come back. I was thinking about this sermon whilst I was on holiday. I was privileged enough this year to be able to go to the Greek islands. And unlike Wakefield, where Destiny is based, There is lots of water all around the Greek islands. So in Wakefield, the only water we get, really, is the rain. And we get a lot of it, don't we? But in the Greek islands, it was hot. I really needed lots of bottled water. I also was able to swim in big pools. And no matter where I was... I was always surrounded by water. And I couldn't get away from the fact that wherever I was, water was a key factor in my holiday. And it got me thinking, what does the Bible say about water? And unsurprisingly, water is throughout the Bible. Sometimes it's simply referring it to it as simply this is water. But other times it uses it as a metaphor because water is vital to life. Put yourself in a survival situation and the first thing you need is water. And wherever you see water, you see life. Wherever there's moisture, whether you want there to be life there or not, there will be Life, because life thrives on water. And today I want to talk about spiritual water, water that will bring life and abundant life to your life. So feel free to take a swig (laughs) and feel the water going down. What is that? It's energy. It's energy. And that is what the Bible uses water as a description for. Energy, God's source of abundant life. Let's turn to Jeremiah chapter 2. And we'll delve into this a little bit deeper. We're going to be in Jeremiah and we're going to be in uh, the book of uh, John today. So you can have your fingers in those two places. Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 13 says, My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and they have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot 
hold water. The first thing I needed to do was look up the word cistern because I didn't know what it meant. But it really just means a bowl or a well to hold water. But the people of Israel had done two things wrong. Firstly, they had not only had they forsaken God, but they had also tried to fill the void with doing their own things. And in doing so, they had um, expanded a lot of energy trying to fill the void that abandoning God had done. And, they, and the prophet Jeremiah uses this illustration of a well or a cistern that is broken and it cannot hold water. Instead, God wants to give the people of Israel living water. Now, living water in the Bible can often be also translated as streams of water. The idea being that it's a constant fresh supply that is being provided by the environment. That the environment is just naturally giving fresh water all the time. As opposed to a well that can go stagnant and stale. And at the time, in Jeremiah, the country was in ruins. It was practicing idolatry. It was practicing child sacrifice. It was practicing all sorts of rituals that even today we would consider detestable. Israel had a thirsty soul, and instead of turning to the Lord to try and sort things out, they tried to sort things out on their own. We see that throughout the world today. We see people today trying to sort things out on their own. We see it in wars and in scandals, in poor governments, in poverty and in greed. And just like Israel, people are trying to, what the book of Judges described as, they're trying to do right in their own eyes. But if you read the book of Judges, you will see that most of the time, especially as you get through and through the book, it ended in disaster. Disaster for people around them, disaster for um, the country, and disaster and heartache for those people who should have been led well. So the, the writer Jeremiah is showing two options. You can have a fountain, or you can have a well that becomes stagnant and leaking and constantly needs filling up. Let's move into the New Testament and let's look at John chapter 4. In John chapter 4 we see Jesus. He is naturally thirsty, he's had a long journey, and so he sits down by a well. And by the well is a woman who is drawing water from it. She is alone. And this is significant because if she was alone, it meant that she wasn't taking part in the culture of the day, which was all the women come and they draw water together and they have a good chat, making no comments about women there, and they have a good chat and then they, then they head back. And... She wasn't doing that. 
And what's more, she went at a time when she thought she would be totally alone, that there'd be nobody there. And she was surprised to find Jesus. And Jesus, being naturally thirsty, said, can, can you give me a drink? Since you're drawing water from the well anyway. And she was like, why are you asking me for a drink? Because there were cultural divides at the time. There was a lot of prejudice going on between the Jews and the Sumerians, of which this uh, woman was. And we don't have time to go into it today. But Jesus' response was this in verse 10. If only you knew the gift of God and who it was who asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And he would have given you living water. She was an outcast from her society. And we later find out that she's gone from relationship to relationship to relationship. For whatever reason, we don't know. But what we do know is that she had a thirsty soul. She was somebody who needed something more. And Jesus said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it was who asked you for it was, uh, who asked you for a drink. Here she stood at a man-made well with God himself, Jesus Christ, offering her the same thing the prophet Jeremiah did to the people of Israel. Living water, God's life source, vitality and purpose. The gift of God. Do you know the gift of God today? Do you know the gift of God today? Salvation, restoration, being adopted into his family, being able to say that I am more than a conqueror. And then the verse goes on to say, and who it is who is asking. Jesus, God himself, was asking her for a drink. And he was using it as an illustration to say, if you ask me for a drink, I'll be able to give you living water. Remember the different expressions that Jesus used throughout his ministry. He talked about living water in this instance. He is a source of forgiveness. He is a source of guidance. He said that he was the light of the world. He is a source of productivity. He said that he is the vine. Anybody who stays with him will do good work. And anybody who stays away from him will not. He was the way, the truth, and the life. He gives access to God. He is the resurrection. He is the bread of life. He is the anointing, the peace, the prince of peace. He is abundance. In short, Jesus equals real life. And if you want real life today, if you want real living, then get the living water that Jesus is offering. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. What is it that your soul 
really, truly wants right now. Because if I was to say, here's a million pounds, what, what would you like? We'd all think of things. But actually, all the things we'd think of, all the stuff, would be to try and satisfy a deeper need within each of us. And it's that deeper need that this living water meets. Maybe you're feeling disturbed all the time, or confused, or maybe you're in a cycle of perpetual failure, or anxiety, or fearfulness. All of these are symptoms of a thirsty soul. People try and, f- f- um, try and fill their thirsty soul. They try and dig their own well. And they try and fill it, even though it leaks. With people, with new relationships. If only I had this, then my life would be okay. Even as Christians, we can fall into that temptation. Even as Christians... We can say, God is great, he gives us all I need, however, or but, or although, but that shouldn't enter the equation. Jesus gives us all we need. We try and fill it with new possessions, or maybe status, maybe power. Maybe you are in a job right now and you keep being overlooked for promotion. Or maybe you're in some situation somewhere and you feel a lack of power or control about your situation. Remember, God is in control. You can trust him. Or maybe you're trying to live these things through somebody else. I've seen it countless times where people push their spouse or their partner into doing things that perhaps they're not ready for to satisfy their own thirsty soul. Good deeds, helping the poor, these are no substitute for the living water that Jesus offers. There's nothing wrong with them, and there's nothing wrong with possessions, there's nothing wrong with new relationships. And it's good to do good works, but they are no substitute for Jesus himself. Perhaps there are areas of our lives that we have been substituting the living water for a well that we've been trying to dig ourselves. Because these situations, they are like salt water, which gives temporary satisfaction, but leaves you thirsty for more. They are cisterns that we build around us that are ineffective and broken, trying to fill a God-shaped hole with temporary things. And all that happens is you reach a point where you can't pour in enough water because it just keeps leaking out. You know, sex, drugs, and alcohol are the classic things that we think about, perhaps as being things that people go to, and they still do. You know, you can't, um, there aren't, you reach a point where there aren't enough drugs in the world, or you reach a point where the alcohol doesn't work like it used to. And it doesn't matter how much sex you have, you're still left feeling empty. But even religion can be an inauthentic first quencher. Because you come and you do your duty, 
You sing the songs and maybe you get to chat with people. But if Jesus isn't at the center, if Jesus wasn't the reason why you are here today, it will have worn off before you get home. If man could have satisfied that thirsty soul, he would have done it a long time ago. Instead, God is calling us into a committed, long-term relationship with him. St. Augustine said, You have made for us, you have made us for yourself, O Lord. Our hearts and our restless until they rest in you. Are you resting in God today? Are you resting in him? Or are you trying to dig your own well? I want to finish by looking at John 7, which is the other time that Jesus referred to himself as the living water. Verse 37 tells us that on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this, he meant the spirit. It's interesting to know that the word spirit in the Old Testament meant energy. Water. Energy. Living water that Jesus was offering. So let's review that verse a little bit more. It says, on the last great day of the festival... Jesus stood and said in a loud voice. Now, and it's worth knowing that this is the festival of tabernacles. That's not really the important thing. But the important thing to know is that this was a big feast. This was one that had lots of rituals, and one of them involved a priest going down to a pool, taking a big jug, then carrying it up, and then pouring it out onto the altar. And after he'd done this, Jesus then stands up and says, I am the living water. Whoever believes in me shall have rivers of water flowing out from them. It's also worth noting that Jesus was saying this on the backdrop of people trying to kill him. Jesus knew that if he went to Jerusalem, people were going to hurt him. And he also knew that the Jewish leaders had sent people that day to go and get him. So the fact that he stands up is really significant. The fact that he declares this is significant. And the Bible tells us that the people who were sent to arrest Jesus went back saying, this is the Messiah. This is the person who was sent by God. So these words are significant. So let's delve into them a little bit deeper. The first thing to note is that it says, let anyone who is thirsty, let anyone who is in thirsty, if you want to be able to tap the living water, the spring of life, the streams of water that God promises, you need to acknowledge that you are thirsty in the first place. You need to acknowledge that you have a need. Every day, wake up and say, Jesus, I need you. 
Jesus, I need you. Jeremiah 31 verse 9 says, They will come with weeping. They will pray as I bring them back. And I will lead them beside streams of water or streams of living water on a level path where they will not stumble. Or Matthew 5 verse 6 that tells us to stay hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. If you hunger and thirst for doing the right things, you will be filled. But stay thirsty. The second one is that it says, come to me and drink. Come to Jesus and drink. Put Jesus as the number one, the cornerstone in your life, the vine, the bread of life. And then let all the other bricks in your life fit around them. Those bricks are important. They make up your life. But make Jesus the number one. Make Jesus the cornerstone. People think that being a Christian, that having belief is enough. But having faith simply in God is not enough. It is knowing that Jesus is the difference. And I want to encourage you today to know the gift of God and to know who it is who offers it. And it is Jesus. Do you know Jesus today? Think about some of these famous verses. I can do all things through who? Christ, Jesus, him. Depends on which translation you, you, you were using. Perhaps not the best example to use as a shout out. However, I can do all things through Jesus who gives me strength. I can't do it alone. All things work for the good of those who are called according to his, Jesus' purposes. Suspend so time with Jesus. Every single day. Spend time with him. Spend time glorifying the son in your life. Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Isn't it great to sing songs to Jesus? It edifies you. It glorifies Jesus in your life. And it taps you into that living water. Thank him for the difference he has made in your life. Tell others about him. Pray and talk to him. Read his personal instant message to you. It's called the Bible. But when you read it through the Holy Spirit, it comes alive and it's personal to you and to you and to you. That is the gift of the Bible. It memorizes it. Get it into your soul and it will benefit you. Psalm 1 says, For those who delight in the law of the Lord, i.e. the Bible, and who meditate on his law day and night, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water or living water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither and whatever they do prosper. What a promise that is. Would you like to be able to say that whatever you do prospers? I would. Definitely. 
Number three, believe. Come to me and drink and believe. Have faith that when you pray, that when you wake up in the morning, that you have the Holy Spirit and that it will sustain you. When you're going through hard times, have a good confession that says, Jesus is with me, he is my source, he is my living water, and it is going to be Okay, Revelation 7, 17 says, For the Lamb at the center of the throne, so this is talking about heaven, this is talking about our eternal destiny, there will be the shepherd, Jesus, and he will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eye. Number four, he will lead us to rivers of living water. That life, that abundance, that joy, that love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, whatever fruit you want, that's listed in the Bible, whatever promise you want, this is the living water, this is the source. So what is your soul thirsty for today? Jesus gives us the opportunity to go from feeling needy to meeting the needs of others. Instead of being consumed with yourself, you can be consumed with love for others. Instead of putting on an act, you can start enjoying life. And the last one. It happens in here. It is your decision. Are you going to build your own wells, which are unproductive, Or are you simply going to accept that Jesus is your source? Last week, Pastor Daniel invited us to surrender. Surrender to Jesus. And we have that opportunity to do that all over again. In Revelation 22, verses 1 to 3, It says, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear and crystal, flowing from the throne of God, down the middle of the great street. On each side of the river stood the tree of life. And it said, No longer will there be any curse. That's our future. If you believe in Jesus right now, you have the source of living water that brings life. I don't know what you're going through today or how you have found yourself here or perhaps watching us right now. But I want to encourage you, tap into the source of living water. Tap into that source that brings life. You know, when I started studying water in the Bible, the first reference that came up, Genesis 1, verse 2. And God's Spirit hovered over the water. And he said, let there be light. Maybe today you've been living in darkness. I want to encourage you, come to the light.
Come to Jesus. Let him be your source. Maybe you've never made that step before to be a Christian. Maybe you've, you've never taken that step. Well, I want to encourage you. You can take that right now. If you're in the building, you can come and talk to me after. If you're online, you can message us, info at destinychurch.co.uk, and we can help you with make that step. And maybe today, you've been a Christian all your life, or maybe you've been a Christian a week. Let's tap into the source of Jesus this week. Let's shake off all distractions, and let's praise his name. Amen.